Hey friends, it's great to be back with you. Pastor Daniel here, and I'm excited to share a new uh, worship journey with us together called Live Simply, Love Generously. I know you'll wanna say thanks just like I say thanks to Pastor Nick and Pastor Doug for the last two weeks as they helped us to better understand how to be in service and how to share what it means to be all in for Christ and give our full selves to Him. Will you join me in prayer as we begin our time together? God, we're always grateful for the amazing ways that you are so generous with your love, with your grace, with your mercy. We're grateful, God, that you offer us so much in life. The abundance that you prepare us for and provide for us is such a gift. And so in these days, God, we're grateful that we can live more simply so that we can love more generously. Thank you, God, that this is true and that you set the pace and offer the course for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if you have this same experience that I do, but have you ever been with a child, whether yours or somebody else's, maybe six, seven, eight, nine years old, and they're serving themselves some food? You know, they love macaroni and cheese or baked beans or anything that's got a carb in it, right? And if, you, if you've seen them serve themselves, you notice, man, they just fill the plate, don't they? Doesn't matter whether they're hungry or not hungry, they just fill the plate. And they fill it because that's what their eyes see. They see, I like this, I want this, and they just pile it on. And I know in my own family, when I see that, I, you know, I kind of get shocked. And I was raised with a dad who would always say to me when I did that same thing as a kid, hey, slow down, Daniel. You can always have seconds. You can always come back for more, but just get what you want now. Isn't that a fascinating deal? When, when we see that just piling on because it, it's emblematic of who we are as people. We always want more. We always want something more than what we have and we just keep striving after it, don't we? It's pervasive in our lives. We, we want more in our work. We want more in our consumption. We want more in our um, experiences, right? It's why sometimes we encounter things like upsizing in the fast food industry, right? Or we come back from a vacation and we are exhausted because we've done so much more than we intended to do. Or we have bigger homes and even bigger storage facilities these days than ever before because we have more stuff. It's a fascinating concept that we seem to just keep striving after more. We just desire it more and more. It reminds me of this silly story that I heard one time. Uh, two guys got together, they were friends, they would get together pretty regularly, and, and they got together one time, and one of them was just really sad. He, he was just uh, beside himself, and the other friend just said, golly, what's wrong? Why are you so upset? You look like the whole world has just crashed down before you. And the guy just said, you, you won't believe what I've been through these last several weeks. He said, three weeks ago, I had a cousin who died, and he left me $50,000 inheritance. And his friend said, well, that doesn't sound bad to me. I mean, I don't understand why you're upset. And he said, hold on, I'm not finished yet. I got more to tell you. Then two weeks ago, my uncle died and he left me $95,000. And his friend is a little beside himself because he seemed so down and out. He seemed so, in, so much in despair. He said, that sounds like a great thing. What's up with that? And then he said, wait. I have one more to tell you. He said, just last week, my grandfather died and he left me almost a million dollars. And now his friend was beside himself. He was like, why are you so upset? I don't understand. 
And his friend said, wait, this week? I got nothing. Isn't that funny? He kept wanting more because more kept coming and he kept just expecting that this would happen over time. It's so uh, much a part of who we are, right? We just seem to want more. And I become fascinated by this concept because a part of this says to us, and we get caught up in it long before we even realize it, is that we have this um, sense that not only do I want more, but I feel as though I need more. And here's the irony of more. It actually creates a mentality of scarcity. And you think to yourself, what do you mean? How could that cause scarcity? How can it feel like I don't have enough if I simply want more? Well, here's how it works. If we want more and we keep thinking, I need more, I need a bigger experience, I need a better uh, paycheck, I need uh, more clothes, I need a bigger house, I need more. Guess what begins to happen? I begin to realize I don't have that and therefore I begin to feel as though I don't have enough. And it creates a sense of scarcity in my life and therefore I keep wanting more and I keep striving for more and it keeps me nervous and anxious and uptight and feeling less than, feeling as though I'm not whole, feeling as though somehow I can't achieve what I should achieve because I've not got more. But here's the other deal. Not only does it make me feel less than, but it creates a sense of selfishness because I'm so much striving after this thing or these things that I want that I negate or neglect or turn my back on others. And so my need for more or my sense that I want more, it turns me away from relationships with other people. It causes me not to notice that people might need help. It creates in me a kind of sense that I'm the only person or only thing that matters. More, you see, creates a sense of scarcity in my life. And it's the greatest irony of our existence because it feels like I just want more. I just want something, right? But over time, it begins to create a chasm and a gap in our hearts and in our lives. In fact, I'm convinced this scarcity of the more syndrome that I call it, it's actually an issue of the heart. It's not an issue of time. I don't have enough time. It's not an issue of money. I don't have enough money. It's an issue of the heart. It actually challenges the very depth of who we are. And I love the way Jesus teaches about this because Jesus gives us an amazing understanding that this scarcity of more is not helpful. In fact, Jesus teaches us that when we move from the scarcity of more to the abundance of simplicity, generosity flourishes. You see, if I can purge my life of the things that I think I need more of or feel like I need to do more of, then I have an abundance because I, I'm not chasing after it. I'm not feeling less than. I have a wholeness in my life because I've found the abundance of simplicity. Listen, as Jesus teaches us a very profound lesson from the Gospel of Matthew in the sixth chapter, it's a fascinating lesson on the concept of simplicity. It goes like this. In chapter six, Jesus simply says this, don't store up for yourselves treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven 
where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Well, my hunch is some of you have heard that. And for those of us who may not have heard it, I just want to say, golly, there's two simple things there that Jesus is trying to say. Don't store up treasures here, right? And all Jesus means by that is, don't focus your life's energy and all of your efforts on the treasures of life, but rather on the treasures of a relationship with God. For Jesus, treasures is a very broad concept. It doesn't just mean money. It means my time, it means my talent, it means my energies, it means my work, it means my dollars. It means all of those things. So it's a big concept. But all he's saying is, man, don't put your hope and your trust in those things, but rather put your hope and your trust in a relationship with God, a connection uh, with who God is. It's funny because in the Gospel of Luke, uh, Jesus tells this same concept, teaches this same concept in a wholly different story. He sets it up by talking about a guy who's really selfish. He has all kinds of stuff, and he's not concerned about anybody else. He's just concerned about himself. And in Luke chapter 12, verse 21, he just says, Yeah, yes, a person is a fool who stores up earthly wealth, but doesn't have a rich relationship with God. That's our goal, you see, in life. It's not to store stuff up to get more, create that scarcity in our lives, but rather it's about how can I find the abundance of a simple life, a basic life, having my needs, having the things that I kind of want, but most importantly, establishing a relationship with God? You see, that's what simplicity ultimately is. Simplicity is ultimately don't get consumed by stuff, but get consumed up in a relationship with God. And then the second thing Jesus is trying to tell us is, and he says it there at the very end, it's a very profound concept. Wherever our treasure is, there our heart is also. And I take note of that because often we kind of get that in reverse. We think that where our heart is, there are our treasures, but it's quite the opposite. All one has to do is think of where I spend my time, whether it's with my work or with my family or with my faith or whatever, wherever I spend my time and wherever I spend my money, that's where my heart is. Because by golly, I'm invested in it, right? I'm invested with my time and my talent, my treasures. And so wherever my treasure is, whether it's my kids, whether it's my work, whether it's vacations, whether it's investing, whatever, that's where my heart follows and friends, a part of our followership of Jesus is trying to get that right, trying to figure out how can I kind of um, reconfigure my life so that I realize that God is first, that God is primary. And when I do, man, everything begins to sort of fall into the place as it should. We've got some great folks here in the life of the church, uh, Craig and Laura Nelson. Laura is the leadership board chair currently, and they share a powerful story about how they've discovered the gift of living simply so that they can love generously. I'd love for you to hear their story. I'm Laura Nelson. And I'm Craig Nelson. And we've been members at TREACH for about six years, and we are both teachers in Louisville ISD. Our lives have been incredibly improved by coming to TREACH, not just that we have a social group, 
but that we have a point of reference as a family and we can talk about the sermons and Natalie has programs that are geared towards her that she loves to come to and I just want everybody to feel that same peace and so if we can give back to Treach and know that they are giving their money and putting the money into a place that's going to grow that for everyone that's really important um, for us because we have been we've been really blessed by this community I basically base my giving on how many times Daniel says hello in the sermon. <laughs> now you ruined it. You know, because if he says it three or four times, I up my my giving. I think with his health issues in the last year and the generosity that has been shown for us through um, people bringing us meals and praying, we have seen how much it benefits people, and I. I I want to be able to show that same generosity to others. I want them to feel that same support. So I think um, be, by being shown that generosity, we realize how much God loves us and we need to go out and show that same love to others. Through the COVID experience, everything got simplified and it really magnified what is important to us and our relationships, specifically those that we have built through life groups here, has simplified our life and helped us to see kind of what really is important in funding those important things, um, all the programs that we have at TREACH, that's, that's where we want to put our, our money. And I agree 100% with what <laughs> she said. I'm so grateful for their story. I hope you are as well. It shares just a, a simple way to better understand this concept of living simply, loving generously, right? And a part of what I hear from them and certainly what I believe Jesus is trying to teach us is maybe we need to kind of consider how we can clear the clutter out of our lives. Man, we got so much clutter going on, right? Whether it's in our schedules, whether it's in our hearts, whether it's in the stuff that we're accumulating and trying to achieve and accomplish, we just got clutter. And a part of what our goal in this series is to point out what Jesus is identifying for us is if we can live more simply, clearing the clutter, then we'll be able to love more generously. Because as we live more simply, we begin to trust God more. I mean, think about it. One of the most favorite things for many of us, maybe not all, but for many of us to do when we want to get out of the hecticness of, the, of our lives and just try to get away, what's one of the best things we do? Is to go out into the countryside or out into an isolated place or out into the mountains or even the ocean and get away and get disconnected so that we can find renewal, right? And, and so there, there must be something to that, right? That if I know that if I can clear my clutter, even for a week or a few days, or if I know that I can clear the clutter by getting away from certain things, what might it be like if we use that more conceptually for our everyday lives? That we set aside time for God, that we set aside time for connection with God, that we, we clear this pathway that clears the clutter so that we can more clearly face and focus on our relationship with God. Don't store up treasure here, but rather store a relationship with the God who gives us life. I love that concept. I ran across something just the other day that fascinates me. Maybe you heard, of, heard about it. It's a thing called fire saving. 
it's a concept that a lot of millennials are using actually that kind of lives this concept out. What it means is I, I've literally put aside more money into savings for the future by living more simply so that I can retire early. Like sometimes in my 30s or my 40s, FIRE is an acronym. It stands for um, uh, Financial Independence Retire Early. And so some of these folks are putting away literally 50 to 70% of their income every single month into savings and living a very simple lifestyle so that they can realize a goal for them, which is retirement, to kind of live the way they want. It's a way to live simply and love generously. Because friends, when we clear the clutter, we can be more generous with our time, with our talents, and with our treasures. It's a powerful gift that allows us the opportunity to live the way God's intending for us to live, to follow this teaching of Jesus, to follow the treasure that helps our heart in a relationship with God and with others. It's why I'm excited about a new offering we're having here at Treach called Saving Grace. It's a great program that teaches financial principles that are based in the Bible and, and helps us to understand this living simply and loving generously. But it's, a, it's a, a concept that can cross the board across all of our lives. And so I wanna encourage you uh, to uh, scan the QR code there on your screen. The class is in October and November, and one of our members is teaching it, and it's a phenomenal teaching about how to have financial security and how to discover the grace of God in how we live and in how we understand. Listen, friends, this series, Living Generously and Loving, uh, Living Simply and Loving Generously, is all about how we can prepare to be more generous in 2022, next year. How we can find this simplicity and this abundance that Jesus is teaching us about that, is, that seems so far away and yet is right there within our grasp. And so I wanna encourage you to consider how is it that you can begin to live more simply? Because once we do that, we can literally trust God more and love more generously. I love the way Timothy put it. He gave a, a great insight into how it is we ought to understand this principle. So Jesus teaches us where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And Timothy also says it this way. He says, teach those who are rich in this world. I'm just going to pause right here because most of us, I bet most of us listening to this do not consider ourselves rich. And let me just suggest to you that if you live in this general area, if you have more than one car, if you have a job, if you have a roof over your head and more than one bathroom in your home, you're wealthy compared to the rest of the world. So Timothy's talking to all of us. So tell those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. That's the abundance, you see. That's the abundance that helps us better know how we can live and how it is God desires for us to live living simply, loving generously. 
You may have heard this thought before. Uh, for me, it's, a, it's, it's just uh, sort of mind-boggling. Our, our prosperity, it isn't meant to raise our standard of living, but rather it's meant to raise our standard of giving. That's the loving generously concept, friends. How can we give ourselves more in our time and our talents to other people? How can we offer ourselves more to God? How can we give our dollars more to God's work and ministry in the world? Our prosperity is not to raise our standard of living, but our standard of giving. And then abundance, which is what we're really talking about. Abundance isn't meant for us to live in luxury, but rather for us to help others live. I hope that sinks in because I know for me that's been highly impactful to hear that phrase and begin to apply it to my life. I wonder if that might be true for you. I want to close today with a powerful story. You may know this man. His name was David Livingston. He was a Scottish physician who was a pioneer, if you will, in missionary work on the continent of Africa. He shared the gospel of Jesus with many people across many nations on that continent, and he helped many to discover that personal relationship with Christ, that saving grace that he uh, offers to us. And uh, hundreds, if not thousands of folks, because of David Livingston, came into a saving relationship with Jesus. He lived a powerful life. He used his medical knowledge and his passion for Christ to help people physically and spiritually. Well, as you can well imagine, the conditions in the 19th century in, in the continent of Africa was not exactly stellar. And so even this doctor became ill at some point after decades of being on the continent, giving his life away and sharing the gospel of Christ. He eventually died. At his death, uh, people mourned and wailed because they knew how he had helped transform their hearts and their lives. And, and so something very unique happened uh, at the death of David Livingston. The native folks in uh, several of the countries of Africa determined that they wanted to honor and give gratitude to his life because they knew that their lives had been so powerfully impacted by his generosity of heart and soul and time and energy. And, and so they did something highly unique. They cut out his heart. Now, before you get too shocked, and because I know that's a shocking concept, listen to what they did. They prepared his body for transport back to England where he was from. Uh, they kept his heart and they put a note in the casket to ship it back that said simply, his body belongs in England, but his heart belongs in Africa. Isn't that fascinating? Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I wonder then if it doesn't sort of beg this question for all of us that I'm going to ask you and certainly I will ponder with you. And I don't doubt you might need to think about this and pray about this. Here's the question. If you were to die within the next week or so, where would they bury your heart? Would it be at your office? Would it be at your favorite sports stadium? Would it be maybe at the country club or maybe at your favorite vacation spot? Maybe even at the church. I don't know, but it's a question to ponder where our treasure is. There our heart will be also. 
Friends, this week you're going to be getting in the mail a, a brochure. You're going to have several panels and it just says, live simply, love generously. And in that, it kind of expresses our desire that we all try to figure out what does this mean where our treasure is and how does it lead our heart to follow God more closely. And my hope for you, just like my hope for myself, will always be that we come closer and closer to placing our whole treasure, our whole trust in God. Because I know for me, and I can only hope and assume for you, that you want your heart to be with God as well. But the only way that's going to happen is if we put our treasures with God first. Friends, here's the reality that I know about God. Um, generosity is not something God wants from us, but rather what something God wants for us. And I pray that that will be true for you and for all of us, that generosity is something God has for us in our lives and in our living. I pray we'll discover how to live simply so that we can love generously. You pray with me. God, what a great gift it is to be your follower. What a glorious opportunity we have to be generous in the world with all of our hearts, all of our soul, all of our body, all of our being. God, as we prepare for the coming year, help us to prayerfully consider how it is we can trust you so fully that we'll be willing to live simply so that we can love more generously. Thank you, God, for the opportunity. May your courage be ours in the days that lie ahead. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hey, friends, let me just thank you, as I do each week, for the amazing ways that you offer yourself to the ministry of this church. Week in and week out, your generosity is making a difference. It's touching children's and youth's lives. It's helping transform hearts. It's helping relieve suffering. It's helping teach children and youth about the love of Jesus Christ. Your gifts make a huge difference. So thanks for doing that. If you'd like to make a gift now or even later, you can scan the QR code that's on the screen or you can text the letters T-M-U-M-C to the number 45777. Thanks so much for what you're giving.